Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam, Hilchis Bikurim, the laws of Bikurim and other related gifts to the Kohen, Patek Shvi, chapter 7, where we are making our way through the Chala laws, the first dough. So we learned in chapter 6, we learned earlier that there is a minimum size that the dough has to be in order for the mitzvah of challah to kick in. And that is the Omer. We learned this in the previous chapter. Paragraph 15. Now he says, What if there were two doughs? Each dough does not have enough, but if you mix them together, it has enough for the minimum requirement for challah. But individually they do not. And now these two doughs touched one another. Or they become attached, they connect to one another. Some kind of connection. So it depends. If they were owned by two different people, Moshe owned one of the doughs, and Shmuel owned another one of the doughs. Even if they're both the same species, let's say they're both wheat. They're exempt from chala. Why? They're the same species. They're touching each other. They have the, the, the required minimum size. Because two people don't have any intention of combining their doughs. This is my dough and this is your dough. And therefore, you can't combine them to make the requirement. However, if they are two bosom buddies... If we know that these two people are not, usually would not object to combining their doughs, then they can combine to create the obligation for challah. What if both doughs belong to one man? To one person, if they were of one grain, they do combine, and the chala obligation kicks in. However, if these two doughs, even though they belong to one person, were of two species, for example, one was wheat and one was barley, one was oat and one was spelt. Shastam echad They do not combine because they were two different doughs. Shastam echad because we assume that one person does not object to the combination of his doughs. If they're the same, but if he was 
objecting, if he would object, if it was from one species, a mistarfer, they don't combine. How did they combine if they belong to the same person and they had the same species? They were of the same species. If you had a dough of wheat which touches a dough of spelt, they are combined because they are similar. But But if they touch other species, they don't combine. Although they are from different species, since they are of the same general type, because the doads made from the two are similar, as we explain later, they are combined. The chain, and similarly speaking, just as we say earlier, similarly speaking, if a dough of barley touches a dough of spelt, Oat or rye, the chain isis kusmin shall shibelas shul, we shall sheep and shinogo kalachs mishloshin mechavata, or vice versa, elamitsarpes, because these are similar. Despite the fact that they're, that if different species of grain are mixed in the same dough, they're combined, and these are very similar doughs. Dalit for isas chodosh. A dough of the new crop, Einam its cannot combine Lishal Yoshan to the old crop. Even though they're the same species. in order that people not say that you're allowed to set aside Truma from the new crop for the old, which is clearly forbidden. you shouldn't. Separate from the middle of both of them, Eliyavi Isaacheres. Chadash Ayashan, bring another dough, which is either all new or all old. Be it start up and combine them, Lash, the Mashir, to make the minimum. Bamed, when does this apply? Bisa Shinoga, Bisa Acheres, when the two touch. Avala Bailo Kemachameshis Amina Besamemis But if somebody mixes the five grains and he makes one dough, Hare Chamishton, Mistarf, and the Shir Yisachala, they all combine to the measure. Kameshi Biyarno. Like today, they, they have uh, breads which are called seven grains, five grains. Here we are talking about a combination of five grain breads. No problem. Hey, but what if it's not the minimum measure on one side? The Isap Mikan and a dough which is not the minimum measure on the other side. And then there's a dough which does not have a hollow requirement in the middle. Kigain, for example, we learned earlier, Isas Eidas. Where if you have rice, a rice dough is not obligated. A Isas Truma, or a Truma dough, a Maduma, or a mixture. A Isas or the dough of a non-Jew. These are all exemptions that we learned earlier. Even though they're touching, they can't combine. You have one obligatory dough on one end, one obligatory on the O on the other end, but in the middle, there's a problem. Because that which is exempt from Chala is separating in between them. However, by contrast, if there's a dough from which Chala was separated between them, now that can cause the other ends, the two on the ends, to combine. 
because the dough between them was obligated so also if there is between them a dough which was sanctified to the holy temple it does combine why? even though dough belonging to the holy temple does not have a chala obligation because it is waiting for someone to redeem it and then the obligation will kick in because when it's redeemed, it's no longer a holy temple fund. So also if there was between them the dough of another species, a isas ish acher, or of another man, a isas chodesh, or of the new crop, the two can combine because these are those upon which the obligation for chala is or was there. Zayin shteis is two doughs. Shekol achas mehen pchusa mikashir each. Not sufficient for, to have the contained the minimum requirement, which is that omer shehitrish chala mizu bechala mizu, where a person did set apart chala from each of these two loaves. Bechazu benago zubazu, and then they touched. Barebishtein shir, and now they both have this minimum chayav lapish mem chala. Now, there's a new requirement that kicks in that you have to separate chala. So you say, okay, I already did it. No, what you did didn't count. The first ones don't count because when you first separated them, they were totally separate. And they were below the requirement. The fact that they now touched and there's a new requirement, you can't count that which was separated inappropriately earlier. What if two non-Jews, two Gentiles, made a dough, made a dough, which had the minimum requirement, and then they divided it. So when they made it, it had the minimum requirement. Then they divided it. The problem is that when they made it and it had the minimum requirement, they weren't Jewish. Because they weren't Jewish, they don't have the obligation of challah. We learned earlier, if a non-Jew wants to take challah, we tell him, you're a wonderful person, but you're not obligated to do that, and it will not have sanctity. And he says, I'm doing it anyway, then it still does not have the sanctity of challah. But in this scenario, Yachakach, and following this story, this guy, they both went through conversion. And then they each added to their portion of dough until they had enough. This is now obligated. Why? Because there was not a time of obligation. While they were Gentiles, because there was less than the requirement so you don't say the dough was already made when they were in a state of being a non-Jew. <laughs> right now, this is not a dough that has an obligation. But now this Gentile has converted. So now he enlarged the dough. Now it's a whole new bullgame. Now it has an obligation. Take the same scenario and replace two Gentiles with two Jews. Two Jews had a dough that was large enough for the obligation to kick in. It was an omer. And then they, they divided it. 
Achar Shachoko, and each one went after we divided it by and added until they had the minimum amount. Now it's exempt because there was a time that it was obligated. And at that time they were not obligated. Why? Because they divided it. And to begin with, it was made for division. The fact that it was combined later means nothing. Or the fact that he added to it later means nothing. Because the, the, the piece he added to was already in a state of exemption. What if the dough was part, partly belonging to the Gentile and partially belonging to the Jew, and then they divided it? And then, following that, the non-Jew converted and became a full-fledged Jew. And the non-Jew <coughs> added to his dough. The Israel Ashalei and the Jew did the same. Each one now has sufficient amount. The Jews, though, is obligated. Because he was never in a situation... Where it was exempt. But the non Jews, though, is exempt because he was in a situation where that dough was exempt. 11. If somebody takes yeast from dough from which chala had not been separated, it's now yeast. And he placed the yeast into dough of which challah had been separated. So what are we going to do now? It has a little bit, the yeast, which is from unseparated challah. It brings a second dough. Combining with the yeast, it should have enough for the minimum requirement. And he places it in this dough from which challah has been taken. And he takes enough for that which was not set aside earlier, in order that it's there in front of him. So he takes the existing dough and yeast, and only the yeast was a problem. He adds dough to it, so it's all in the same place, and then he takes it. If he doesn't have another dough, then the whole thing becomes tebel, food from which challah has not been taken, and he has to take challah from the whole batch. Again, in the measure of one twenty-fourth. Because a dough from which challah has not been taken species into the same species causes a prohibition throughout the entire dough. A dough from which challah has not been separated is not like challah. And it's considered like everyday food for the purposes of becoming defiled. In laws of everyday mundane grains, foods, we have a law that the second degree impurity does not create a third degree impurity. As we will explain in great detail, the appropriate laws of purity of impurity, this is just touching upon the fact that the Isa, the dough, from which challah had not been taken, is not like challah. And you're allowed to cause 
a state of defilement to come upon everyday dough. Therefore, stay yisus. Two doughs, achas tmeya, one impure. Achas tmeya, one pure. Neitlik dechal ashteyem. Meisus shlehum achalosa. He takes enough for challah for both of them from the dough from which challah has not been taken. And he places it by emtza in the middle. Samachlis ha'teira near the pure one, not to touch it. Or meishulin ha'tmeya la'teira kedei beitz. And then he takes from the pure to the impure a little bit. And egg size, could they litter him in Amukov in order to have it all from the same place? Closing paragraph of chapter 7. A person can prepare, can make a ritually pure dough, and not separate chala. And he could set it aside, or part of it. He says, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make a pile of all the stuff I have to separate challah for. And then he can take, slowly setting aside challahs from another source. Even if they became impure, until that which he sets aside becomes all challah, he can give it to the kain. As long as it does not become unfit for human consumption. But when it becomes decayed, when it rots, you can no longer do that. When that dough were in doubt as to whether challah was taken or not, because if it's not certain, then we have a leniency where uncertain dough, you can take from the produce in front of you and from the produce not in front of you. End of chapter 7.